Hello, you're listening to show and teach English language learners. Now, I love myself a good old-fashioned pun and acronym, so I'm going to shorten that title to show and tell. <laughs> Get it? <laughs> um, allow me to introduce myself. My name is Emma Judd, and I grew up in Arizona. Now I'm attending Brigham Young University in Utah. My hobbies include baking, keeping plants alive for as long as I can, and I'm sure this will come as a great surprise, reading and writing. I'm a pre-service English teacher. Now, I know what you might be thinking. Really? Why should we listen to someone who hasn't even had her own classroom yet? And I mean, that's fair. But right now, I'm taking classes, constantly reading and studying up-to-date research, and practicing what I learn under the supervision of experienced professors and knowledgeable in-service teachers. Plus, I've been blessed to have lots of opportunities to practice and build my skill set in authentic ways in classrooms. So, with my research and the professional opinion opinions of others, I'm ready to tackle a perplexing question for teachers across the nation. How can we help ELLs, English language learners, and really all students be more agentive writers? In other words, how can we help our English learners feel like they're in control with their writing assignments? This question is quite a lot to unpack, so each week I'll be covering one strategy that you can incorporate into your teaching. And I just want to go over some important facts and opinions regarding instruction for ELLs, just to give an idea of why it matters so much. To start, within the last decade, the percentage of students who are ELLs has increased from 8.1 to 10.1%. In 2000, 3.8 million public school students were ELLs. Then, as of 2017, there were 5 million. Just to help you visualize this, 3.8 million students is about the same size as the population of Los Angeles, which is the lar second largest city in the United States. Then, just seven years later, about 1.2 students, or a group roughly the size of Dallas, Texas, the ninth largest U.S. city, joined their ranks. That's a lot of people. One-tenth of the public school student population doesn't seem like that much until you think of your own classroom. That's like one out of 10 students, possibly three out of your class of 30. And obviously the statistics vary by state, but I'm willing to bet that at one point or another, every teacher is going to have to face that reality. And so I, and not to sound t terrifying or anything, I mean, it is worth noting that the majority of students who are ELLs are in elementary school rather than secondary school. And that makes sense when you think about it, because students, um, depending on when they are entering the school system in the United States and when they are being exposed to English, um, they, they aren't going to be developing proficiency and fluency in English forever. I mean, obviously, you always learn more and everyone's technically learning the language as they grow throughout life. But for the purpose of this podcast, um, we're just talking about proficiency level, reading and writing and speaking here. 
Um, but also, as a secondary education English teacher, it's also going to depend a lot on who your students are and their unique backgrounds and how recently um, they are have started to learn English or when they've begun their exposure to English. Um, and since they're all individuals, they're going to be at different proficiency levels. And just as a going forward, I highly recommend that you look up the World Class Instruction Design and Assessment, or WIDA, or WIDA, levels, proficiency levels. Um, if you just search that on Google, so many resources will come up that will help you determine um, what level of proficiency your ELL students are at, and you can also use resources that will help you develop instruction that um, that keeps them in mind. At the end of the day, it's important to build skills that will help prepare you to provide the best education for each student. And as a future English teacher, I'm pretty sensitive to the fact that reading and writing aren't easy tasks for most people, much less students who aren't speaking English at home or only using English in social situations like with their peers. So it can be easy to come up with easy formulas and templates like the five paragraph essay that will help students crank out papers or fill in the blank assignments, things like that. But this isn't rewarding for you or your students. Your ELLs, especially like the rest of your class, will benefit from using their agency in the writing process. And of course it won't be easy, and of course everyone will make mistakes and errors with the language while writing. But that's how growth happens. If you want to help your ELLs succeed, you have to let them struggle and grapple with their writing. Second language learning isn't easy, and it can be scary when you're the language learner. And I've been there. I took four semesters of college-level German. It was hard, especially in the classroom where I was expected to only speak in German. I remember feeling like I was floundering, especially with the writing assignments. There was so much I wanted to say, but I didn't know how to. However, as the months went by, I became more confident because I was practicing more. I was recalling certain vocabulary words more and certain rhetorical moves in the German language. And as these things became easier for me, I was able to move on and as I tried to do things that were a little more uh, out of my comfort zone that actually helped me grow and develop skills better. And to this day, I'm so grateful that my professor was available to answer questions, but she also didn't babysit me or my peers. She expected us to struggle with our writing and with our own ideas and to expand ourselves. And she did give us really helpful feedback, but she did more than make, she let us struggle and that made all the difference. So don't be afraid to let students own their writing process. And I realized that telling you to give your ELL students agency in the writing process and to let them own their writing is kind of like asking you to swallow a whale whole. It can be hard to know where to start. And that's why this podcast is just going to explore a single strategy each week. I'll, ex 
I'll be including some of my personal experiences, um, other ideas, theories, and practices from professionals and researchers, and hopefully you'll be able to take some of those ideas and use them. And that's it for today. Thank you so much for listening to the new podcast, Show and Tell. I'm looking forward to what the future episodes have in store. Thank you again and come back next week.